This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Oh, yes, BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Wednesday, June 22nd, BYU Football Media Day 2022. A spectacular day, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside... The guy that's wearing the same shirt as me today, and this is the only day it's okay, Jerem Jordan. Today's the day where we all look the same, okay? We get the same right. shirt with the guys, the coaches, the players, the admin. It's it's awesome. Typically, you're not about that, but today T- is today the exception. Today I am because it's like Team Brigham football, okay? <laughs> uh, today's going to be fun. Obviously, we're going to talk about Big 12 stuff, but what what shouldn't get buried in this, and, and, and I thought Dave did a tremendous job in the uh, first show, and we'll continue to do it here, is... This 2022 team is going to be really good, and this is the most excited I have been, at least, perhaps you too, in the independent era, honestly, going into a season. Like, we didn't know that 2020 would be 2020. We didn't know 21 was going to be like that. We didn't know what Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams were going to be. We have a pretty good sense of what Jaron Hall and this O-line and these receivers and this defense are capable of. they got a really good schedule. Let's go, baby. Yeah, what a way to end the Independence Era with this team going out with a big-time schedule. Uh, your show lineup includes a big-time list of guests, including the head football coach Kalani Satake, athletic director Tom Homo, some star players, Jaron Hall, D'Angelo Mandel, the coordinators Elisa Tuiaki and Aaron Roderick. We've got Blake Freeland on the offensive line. We've got John yes. Beck, one of the legendary quarterbacks, coming back. He's been working with Jaron Hall. Part of him. Where he thinks Jaron has improved the most this offseason It's going to be a fun two hours, so buckle up. Here we go. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Tom Homo announces a structural change in the BYU Athletic Department. David Almodova, Dallin Moody, Trevor Wilson, who has an excellent jump shot from the elbow, by the way. I know this uh, personally. Are all now senior associate athletic directors will report directly to Homo. Also, BYU welcomes back former content creator, our homie, Tyson Hutchins, as a new associate athletic director over creative strategy. He was at Clemson the last couple of years. He's bringing those great ideas back to BYU. Tyson is extremely talented in what he does. Excited to have him back. And uh, congratulations to all who got those job promotions. A guy who recently got a job promotion of sorts uh, in, uh, <laughs> and for very good reason, because BYU football is on the up and up. The head football coach, Kalani Satake, joins us live. What's up? Be coach, great to have you with us on Media Day. It's like you just did this with Dave McCann and walked down the hall. Yeah, I mean, this is exciting for me, but I, I like being around you guys, so... Uh, this this is a, the setting that I enjoy more than anything, and you have a much more comfortable chair. Just so you know, <laughs> instead of the director's, I've been chair, trying to get yeah. that director's chair changed for a lot. I yeah. mean, this this body doesn't fit well in that chair, but uh, thank you for providing this chair. When we started the Satake show in the air, uh, we we decided it had to be Mo Longy tested. So that was the idea that even Mo Longy could could work with those chairs. But we didn't discuss comfort. It was just would the chair stay up? Yeah, it's just one of those things. I guess we choose. The look over the comfort. So that, but the, when Welcome people look TV. at me, they they know that's not something that I'm going to choose. <laughs> Although Personally. you are wearing shoes today, not sandals, so it is a more formal day. Comfort well, this first. isn't this isn't a Zoom call, so I can. <laughs> otherwise, I'd be in shorts. Yeah, you somewhat professional. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, Kalani. All right, let's begin with the most important question. What's giving you more pause right now? A baby coming up uh, next month. Congratulations to you and your wife, Timberly, by Thank the way. You. Or the actual football season. Uh, you know, 
there's just excitement for both. And so I, I, I uh, really excited about this team. I know Jeremy mentioned it before, but I, I'm excited too. And, uh, and, and, and all the players that are coming back, the production that's coming back and, and also the depth that's coming back. I, so I'm really excited about the team, but at the same time, I'm so excited to get to, to be a, a, you know, father of an infant again, because I, it's always those moments where I miss holding my kids. And, yes. And now they're, they're, um, they're, my kids are older now, so they're 18, 15, and my daughters are 18 and 15, Sky and Sadie, and my my son's almost 12, KK's almost 12, so there's, I kind of miss holding them in my arms, yeah. you know, and now I get this back, but I mean, if they want to, I'd love to still hold them, but they just don't want it. <laughs> still want it, yeah. Yeah, they're like yeah. too cool. Hey, yeah. Sky, like, come here. It's like, yeah. Dad, stop. People are watching, you know, stuff like that, but <laughs> no, but the, I know the whole family's excited. I, Timberley's really excited about baby coming, and uh, it's it's less than a month, so we'll see you any, any day now, and um, that that's going to be exciting. But it's going to fit right with our lives, where we're going from that to fall camp to the season, and uh, a lot of excitement and energy going into this. Heaven's timing was pretty interesting there, a couple weeks before fall camp, which is uh, <laughs> pretty good. And you pulled off the double that's very rare: the first graduating from high school kid and the baby in the same year. That's yeah, a that's this... a rare feat. Congratulations. Ask me how 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 I feel in 18 years when 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 this when this baby girl graduates from high school. I already did the math. I'm like, I'll be 64. You'll be, you're gonna be the old dad. You're yeah. gonna be the old dad. That's I'll be okay. old and hip still, though. I'll exactly. Try to, yeah. I'll still gritty. I don't know if exactly. it'll be in by then, but you know, but we'll still do it. Spencer, we'll figure out some dances Let's to go. do. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. Spen- I'm the, with you. The, I'm the gritty, all in on that. The I, gritty I, uh, dude, the person that made it up, uh, tweeted out or Instagram yes. comment out. In fact, the last you. time when that happened, Kalani was on the show. That's right. That's, okay. So <laughs> I've thought about this. Yeah. Uh, as the, the older I get, dancing dads, Kalani. You want to join me in this TikTok movement? You, at some point? you were dancing, in a viral dancing TikTok dads. As yeah. A my, dad? my daughter Sadie was at. Um, we did it like a yeah. daddy's daughter's weekend, and, and the dads were all there. We thought we did do this dance thing and I'm, you know me I'm not going to turn it down so I oh. mean I, I think uh, for me it's not not going to be pretty but there's going to be energy in it and we're going to have a lot of fun Listen, sometimes <laughs> that's a football game too you just got to figure out how to win it that's how it's going to be right. pretty and but there's so many energy, so right? many parallels in life going into this season right so 100% okay so let's talk about what makes you excited about 22 because part of the reason we get excited in preseason is because we think we know something about the team yeah. obviously you got to roll out you got to play but last year felt like this incredible showing of okay we got into the Big 12 we ended the streak against Utah played all these power five six and one the hope is that's not an outlier where it's like that's as good as it gets. The hope mm-hmm. is that's the new norm that you can at least approximate that as you enter the Big 12. So what, do you, what are you most excited about? What do you feel like you know about this team that maybe makes you excited? Well, the, the thing that I'm really excited about is that we had such a lot of success last year, um, and then we experienced a lot of injuries still, and, and that was a disappointment. But before, we'd, we'd experience these injuries, and we would lose a lot of games. I, I still think that uh, – the bowl game. I wish we would we could get that one back, but um, really proud of the guys that were out there and played and performed. And you seeing the guys that were on the field in that game now, it's night and day in how they look, you know, and how they're running and how they're performing in offseason conditioning. So uh, I imagine that our team's going to be deeper and better, and we have more experience going into the year. But at the same time, the, the excitement for me, I. I, I want to be able to when we had Andy Reid over and he he did he talked to our team he he mentioned a bunch of uh, a couple of pillars that helped him uh, find success in, in football and shared it with the team and the one that stood out the most was he's a, he said avoid distractions mm. and so 
even though we're excited about the Big 12 and excited about 2023, yeah. I think it's really important that it's okay to acknowledge that, but that but that we focus on this year in 2022. There's there's some young men on our team that aren't going to be playing in the Big 12. Um, they're really excited about the future, but I, I think if we keep distracting the group and, and focus on other things besides this team, then we can be in trouble. But uh, knowing ahead of time, and it was nice that Andy Reid was able to remind me as a coach, but also remind everyone else as on the team that, that hey, we, we have a lot of things to accomplish, and we have accomplished much, but there's still more for us to get to. Yeah. And I think that's where the excitement is, what else is out there, and what else can we do to get this team rolling, and and that we, we feel like we're, we're at a different, uh, different space now than we were a few years back. Totally. You can feel it. Yeah. Um, and, and it feels like the 2018-19, like the puppies that are now seniors, yeah. they were beating Tennessee and USC and Wisconsin. But they were 7-6 and six in back, back years. So we didn't quite know. Those were the growing pains to get to this point. And then we're going to look back on COVID as this terrible thing for the world right? But this blessing to this program where you went out and competed and this program really grew from there. And then last year you validated that. And then this year you're going to continue that. That I, I don't know. It just feels like a really special era we're in right now. Yeah. Do you feel the well, same way? I think it's, it's just uh, a, a huge compliment to the people that we have mm -hmm. in athletics, in the school leadership, Right with our president, vice president, and the, the administration, but also in the administration with our athletic, athletic department. I don't think enough credit goes to all the outside people. I think uh, I want to keep the credit on our players and our assistant coaches have done an amazing job, and our support staff. But you look at what's been done in in, in regards of our our school through independence, through all the the naysayers and things like that, and now we're in a position to really accomplish a lot of things, um, and with some cool things happening in the future, right? But the uh, for me, it's like, okay, let's just try to keep as humble and as hungry as we possibly can. And that's got to be from me and from the coaches, but the players and the leaders have got to happen. And, and if we can find a way to stay healthy, it's great, crazy because Lavelle used to always say that. If we could be healthy, I think we have a good chance of being good. And, and that I, I that means more than it just sounds like. You know what I mean? There's so <laughs> much sure. more meaning to it. It's like, sure. okay. But if if we do get hurt, I feel like we're still in a good place, right? And and um, going into that, there's still some questions with this team. I can't wait to answer them. I said it in the last thing. I can't wait. I, there were questions. How many questions did we have last year going into the season? Oh, man. More, than this, more than this year. Yeah. And yeah. so maybe let's try to – there's always going to be questions because people are going to always have to have that approach to what we're trying to do as a team. But it, I think what we've shown is that we do have answers now. And – and with things that are progressing the way it's looking and the addition of resources and things like that, the energy is up there. And it's finally matching what the fans are expecting yeah. and what they their standard. I, I went back to saying the same thing, that the thing that was no doubt, never in question, was that we have the best fan base. And we have an amazing fan base that's definitely big time. And now everything's catching up with it. And, and we wouldn't be here if our fan base didn't take care of us and didn't love us so much. I mean, I, I'm part of that. I grew up BYU. So did you guys, right? So yep. we get it. And, and um, to have a person that's running the, running the football team grow up as a BYU fan his whole life, I mean, that's uh, – there's I can name rosters for certain years. So obviously, the one was a good year. But, you know, that that's how we grew up. But the, the, the fans out there are no different than us. You know, so I think they can really connect with you guys hosting the show and me running the program. They're like, okay – 
they're actually fans doing it too. We're so, in this together. Yeah, yeah. And, and and we can get all the help we can get, right? So I, I'll take all the help I can get. And going into this season, we're going to need it, and it's going to be a lot of fun, but we're looking forward to making fans happy. He is a bundle of energy. He's a TikTok star. He's a bona fide BYU fan, and he's food, also food influencer. Throw that in there. Yeah, that's, that's food what... influencer. He also happens to be the head football coach at BYU, Kalani Sataki on BYU Sports Nation. Coach it is Media Day 2022. Okay, uh, Jerem referenced six and one against seven Power Fives last year. Five and zero oh against the Pac-12. We hung a banner in here, de facto Pac-12 South champions. But it's what we do. Bands. <laughs> those are the types of things that, that we do, fun. Kalani. But what did last year's schedule against, I mean, just an onslaught of really good opponents teach you about how to handle the schedule this year in 2022, which is loaded again, and then those future Big 12 schedules? That, that we're equipped to, to get things set. And, and sometimes, listen, I, I'm impatient as anyone else out there, but sometimes things take time. I mean, there, there are times where you, we saw the first three, four, five games on our schedule, and you're like, oh my gosh, it's so heavy. It's so loaded up front, and that would we everyone's just trying to find ways of give give me sympathy. I'm like, dude, it's okay. This is what we need to do. So you look at the first part of the season last year. We were equipped to answer that. It, it took a couple of years for us to get it going. Now the question is like, let's not forget those lessons, and then let's let's learn some other things, and let's try to fine tune this baby. You know, let's let's get this as good as and smooth running as we can, and make sure that this machine becomes a juggernaut. Uh, PFF uh, just a moment ago put out the top uh, draft, uh, you know, tackles. Blake Freeland at four. He's getting a lot of buzz. How good can Blake Freeland be? And what's it been like to see his development from the kid you just kind of threw in against Boise State 2019 to first round potential? Well, I, I give a lot of credit to our coaches for recruiting him and seeing him. And and uh, I mean, the, the the guy that that was basically on board from the very beginning was Ed Lamb, who's, who 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 has a I mean, we played with Jim Freeland, right? So we know his dad and his mom, and and so he's a legacy kid. And and but to see that this guy, he was, you look at Blake was playing quarterback in high school, and to see this 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 tall, skinny kid, um, and project him as an NFL tackle, we all saw it, and we could see that it could happen. But um, it's having that type of vision that Ed has, and that our coaches have, being able to project people, and then just believing in them, and 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 you know. Blake was able to do some amazing things uh, leading up to that freshman year where he played against Boise, his first start against a uh, draft pick, you know, from Boise State. So you're looking at him, it's a, he, he's one of many that we feel like are, are done a great job yeah. uh, developing. And um, he's bought into the program. He's bought into being a leader now. And I'm really proud of him, just like I am of others that, that, that are just gaining a lot of attention. My job now is to keep him humble. And like, let's keep working. Just remember the, the the kid that was questioned when you came into the season, and no one without any O line experience that you may one day be be a top draft pick. Yeah. Let's go back to the, the lessons and stay humble and hungry. And I think we do that with the program. And for myself, all of us need to keep being reminded of humility, and we do that. I think it will work out. Yeah, he's not the only one getting significant attention. Clark Barrington as well on the offensive line. Jaron Hall, oh, yeah. Puka Nakua, Isaac Lots Rex, among others. It's a huge talent pool. A lot, of, a lot of NFL guys on this team. Yes. We've been saying that we wanted yes. a roster full of NFL talent. Brigham Young said the Saints will be cursed with riches one day. Right now, you got to avoid <laughs> counting your money, right, before uh, before it goes to the bank. Let's go. Uh, oh, Kalani, it's great to have you with us. Thanks for hanging out on Media yeah, Day. good to see you, man. Good luck the rest of the way. Let's give you some karma to survive the rest of Media Day. Oh, Media Day's fun. Are you kidding me? I get to get, get a nice haircut. 
Uh, I can show people how much weight I've gained. Sympathy weight. <laughs> you know, you're a good husband if your wife's pregnant and you're gaining weight Absolutely. Yeah, so I'm going to do that. Now, but I'm looking forward to trying to lose it. I don't, I don't know if I can make any promises, but I'm happy and enjoying life, and, and we're hey, excited about the season. You can always, the baby. You can always dance good. off some of that weight. I, I know I need to. Let's go, man. I don't know. The dances nowadays are a little bit limited. They, the old running man to the new running man that tells you how much effort yes, you have to put into yes, it. Exactly. So, thanks, thanks guys. Go Cougs. Okay, coming up, D'Angelo Mandel talks about the strength of this secondary. And BYU Athletic Director Tom Holmo joins us to point to the future in 2022 oh. and beyond. You think he's excited he's, about this? Oh, what an entrance. He's okay. making his way down. This is BYU Sports Nation. Let's go, TH. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us later today, 4.30 Eastern time, for another special program, BYU, a history of independence, as Dave McCann talks through the era with those who participated in it. We are live in Studio B. It is 2022 BYU Football Media Day. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan, our second guest of this two-hour special it's the athletic director, Tom Holmo, back in studio Tommy? at COB. Tom- hey, 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 that's a Jim McMahon reference, right? Hey, yeah. he called Jim you Tommy, Tommy Holmo. Yeah. We believe he's the only person that's uh, been granted access to do that. Is is there anybody else There's on that list? There's a little bit of a story behind this. I grew up in La Crescenta, California. It's about 20 minutes from the Rose Bowl. And everybody in, that was my name, Tommy. And when I came to BYU, I figured, you know, I'm going to be Tom at BYU. And there was a stadium announcer at the time at Lavelle Stadium, best, better back then known as Cougar Stadium, named Karchner, Ken Karchner or okay. something like that. And the first tackle I ever made, he said, tackle by Tommy Holmo. He, Ken Karchner, called me Tommy Holmo my whole career, but was the only one in Utah, except for Jim McMahon. Okay. <laughs> I asked Jim, he was, he, rem, he obviously, you know, Concussions over time, you forget stuff. He remembered a ton of details of a lot of things. But I said, do you remember Tom Homo? Did he pick you off in practice? And he goes, I don't remember. It's been about 40-plus years. <laughs> Did you pick off Jim? Both of us, our memories are a little bit slow these <laughs> days. But my recollection serves me well. I think I got one or two. One or two. So, like, eight or nine. Okay. Tom Homo with this on Media Day. Let's start with the upcoming season. And you just went through the schedule and state of the program with Dave McCann and We've been clamoring about this roster, which is loaded with talent and NFL draft projections. What has you most excited about the 2022 season and the roster as you push forward in the final year of independence? Well, I think it's just the the state of where we are now. A lot has been said about personnel is what wins games. You have to have a great quarterback. You have to have a strong offensive and defensive line. And then if you have kind of stars – a little bit here and here, maybe a corner or wide receiver running back. You don't need them all, but you got to be tough up front on both sides of the ball, and you got to have a great quarterback. And I think right now we're in a position where we've grown through the years. Kalani's put together kind of slowly, some people say, but a real solid uh, roster. And I'm looking forward to every one of these games and the matchups because sometimes a solid uh, – roster might not match up against a particular team. And that's the beauty of football games is when coaches go to start um, putting forward that game plan, they start to see weaknesses. They see strengths, but they also see weaknesses. And that's kind of the part I look forward to. 
It's very exciting because obviously people want to talk about the Big 12 and push forward, and they should. Like, you're building a house or you're engaged to get wet. Like, you're excited about the future. But not at the cost of this group uh, and this schedule. How do you feel about uh, this, the final independent schedule you put together and, and how it kind of shakes out as it lays out? I think it's a really good schedule, obviously, but I think maybe 24, 25, 26, 27, those schedules were wicked. <laughs> there were going to be some tougher ones that you won't see. You'll never know what I did, the craziness, <laughs> but you'll see this one, and this one's a, a really good schedule. And, and you go to South Florida. That's the uh, return game. Baylor at home is really interesting. This feels like 83 and 84 where, yes, BYU lost there, but come back, you try and get that one at home, of course. At Oregon in week three on Fox is going to be amazing. The old Mountain West homies, right, in the last kind of chapter with Utah State for a moment. Notre Dame finally on the schedule, Tom. You don't have to get asked about it. <laughs> what about the tickets? Arkansas. <laughs> it's wild, Tom, that the SEC has only come to Provo. This will be the third game, second team. It's hard to get them here, but here we are with Arkansas this year. You know, I feel good about that. Uh, we had to let go of some of the games in the future that were really big-time games, but this is one that we could keep. And you could only keep three games knowing that you're playing a nine-game schedule. And so to determine those games, you kind of had to see which ones were early. And the ones that were the P5 schools were kind of the ones that were early. So this is a schedule um, where – you get them all. But in 23, that first year in the Big 12, you know, you had to, it was, it's a little tougher than maybe you might expect. Now, the schedule is 23 schedule. Yeah. You're saying. For sure. The schedule in 2022 is loaded with quote unquote vengeance games. I mean, the USF game is interesting, especially for Jaron Hall, because it was his first start back in 2019. He goes back, it's an entirely different player, entirely different roster, more matured. Then you get Baylor to come back. Obviously, Baylor's the defending Big 12 champions, but they're coming to Provo. And then what Boise State did to BYU in Provo last year. So, do you buy into that at all? Do you feel that? We talk about it, the vengeance. Like, but do you, as the athletic director, do you feel that? Not one bit. Not at all. I don't, I don't believe in that. I just think that every game, you got to take a look at it for what it is, that game, that day. And you look like, again, I'm stuck on the matchups. I just Sometimes you go into games that you could list right now and you think that will have a great advantage. But you come into the game and if there's an injury or something, it's raining or who knows, those things can change. And I love that part about the games is I like to take them a game at a time. The proverbial coach speak, I'll take it a game at a time. Otherwise, you have vengeance on your mind? I don't buy that. That's reserved for us here. That's fine. Uh, yeah. um, okay, so have you been told what the 23 schedule is going to be? Like who you're going to play and if it's a five home, four roads? No, we haven't. We, gotcha. we know that it'll be five. Well, I'm not sure exactly what it'll be for us, but it'll be five home and or four home and the right, other. Right, you'll way. rotate each you'll Rotate away. So yeah. we don't, and we don't know the games for sure, the teams. Do you want BYU to be in the, because some power five schools do this, in the seven home game space in the future? Um, I'm not quite sure about that. We'll have to see how that works out. I'm not – we'll see. Sometimes, like in the past, I'm going to tell you, we had a game where uh, one season where I think we played seven, one season, and the fans complained because the tickets were too much. I said, no, it's just one extra game. Yeah. Over the season, tickets are more expensive. No, yeah. it's one extra game. <laughs> You're paying for it. It's prorated. you got bills to pay. But I think yeah. – we'll see. We'll see how it works out. Because if it's a five-home game year – there's a good chance you have two home games of the three non-conference, right? Yeah, but we could we could jimmy our non-conference games 
and play, make it so you just play six True. home games. And you mentioned with Dave, you don't have a theory per se at this moment of, yes, we always want one P5, one G5, one FCS. Will you still play an FCS every year? Is that I a, believe we probably? will, yes, I okay. believe we will. And then you're open to the idea of multiple P5s, it sounds like, in non-conference. We could. I think it just depends on who, when, where, yeah. and why. Yes. And those are things that Kalani and I talk about a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. there's this team that we're playing in 20. Uh, three in the opener we didn't have a there weren't very many teams out there but still even though there weren't very many we looked at the rosters we looked at their um, their record and kind of their brand and Kalani doesn't just let things fly sometimes out there he'll just say you know anywhere anytime any place but he's very thoughtful about the games yeah, that he plays sure. which is I want him to be yeah do you know if that's home you know if it's home or road can you tell oh, us it, on that oh it'll be home because it'll home. we it was yeah, a Tennessee game it was a home, home right game. i assumed as much but I want to correct sure. when do you expect to be able to announce uh, who that opponent will we're be we're just waiting on that team to kind of countersign some things we're close we're very very close what was it like at the Big 12 spring meetings, finally being in those meetings? And, and you had been in Vegas, had some other meetings, but now it's like, that felt like the formal sort of welcome publicly, I guess? Um, I think so. The meetings, there was some important business, and, and some of it was just natural business of the conference that every conference in the country is going to go through. But it was interesting to start to see the personalities and to see the kind of the power brokers, <laughs> and you kind of try to get a feel. And we just kind of sat back, and we, we should. We, we have to be respectful of our entrance into that room. Not necessarily be respectful in the games, but in the room, <laughs> we need to be super respectful and find our way and see where we fit in that room. And, and I think that's important for us. Was that room awkward because Texas and Oklahoma and the whole deal? Not really. I mean, I think the individual um, athletic directors, we've known each other for a long, long time. And you go to battle with those guys, you play them in games, and sometimes you have votes in the NCAA or comments or um, opinions on national things, and you, you all know that you might be different, but when you get in a room and it's a conference, even though you have Texas and Oklahoma on their way out, they're very, very professional, and I thought the business at hand was taken care of in a great manner. Athletic Director Tom Homo with us on BYU Sports Nation. The Cougars approaching the 12th season of independence. I can't believe this is the 12th season. It's it's wow. just flown by, but it's full of great history. What do you feel like is the greatest accomplishment by BYU's athletic department and the football team within now almost 12 seasons of independence? You know, I look at all the highlights and the different games, and there's, it's hard to slice that. I'll leave that one up to you guys. I'm not good on lists of the top 10. But uh, I just think that, like I said it earlier in the show, when you look back, it's sometimes good for me to see the difficult times. Yeah. There's some things that I just wouldn't share, but there were some low points in independence for me that we never really talk about. And so the fact that we got through it, and that was the objective, was to get from independence into a P5, yeah. is you look back and you see those low points, and, and I think Cougar Nation shared in some of those low points <laughs> that we got through it. And we got to, you know, the desired goal. So I, I love that part. But if you, I love how BYU TV has all those highlights. And I was watching them in the, the pre-roll before the show started, thinking that was all during Independence? That's crazy. And, uh, you know, those players and coaches gave, gave Cougar Nation a lot of thrills during that time. It was beautiful. Do you want to play Utah every year when you're in the Big 12? 
Um, I think I do. Yeah, I think that's something that, but it won't, it won't happen. I mean, I'm, just for everybody to know, Utah will have some games that are big games like they have in these, beyond this Florida. year. Yeah, beyond Florida. And you'll probably have and, some and opportunities we might too. too. Yeah, and yeah. I think that we can, uh, Mark Harlan, their um, athletic director and I have a, a real good understanding about that. Not that we're reserving spots to go play, but when the opportunity comes up and it's something special, I think we each can come to each other and say, hey, here's an opportunity that we have that we think is something special. I think that the Utah game is a great, great rivalry. But once the first game wasn't played, where the first time we took a break, once that happens and everybody just falls apart about it, then the next time it's not quite so bad. Uh, but it's a great rivalry, and I think the games will be even more meaningful in the future. Well, if you're Ken Karchner or Jim McMahon, you can call him Tommy Homo. <laughs> but if you're not one of those guys, he's just Tom. Tom Thomas. Okay? Thomas Homo. He's Tom. Yes. Tom, it's great to have you in Studio B. Thanks, Looking Tom. forward to a fantastic have 2022. Fun. Let's have a great year. You Let's got go. It. Okay, coming up, QB1 Jaron Hall on his senior year. And D'Angelo Mandel. You know what? He might just have a case that he's part of the strongest position group on oh. this BYU football team. D-Lo! It might not be the offensive line. He's got, he's got a case. What? This is BYU Sports Nation. Follow BYU Sports Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok for the latest and greatest content wherever you want. And, of course, download the BYU TV app to get all the episodes of Deep Blue, 50-plus after the last three seasons, and many more to come this year. It is 2022 BYU Football Media Day. We are live in Studio B for two hours. This is the first hour, and we've already had Kalani Satake. The athletic director, Tom Homo. Tommy Homo. It's only going to get better now. We're bringing in some big-time football stars alongside Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. Our first player guest in our two-hour block is D'Angelo Mandel. D'Lo. And just maybe, D'Lo, we did this on purpose because yesterday I was talking with Jerem on the show about the defensive back group and all of the attention is being paid to the offensive line. We know they're great. Blake Freeland, Clark Barrington, Kingsley Suamatai. I mean, they're they're all great. A lot of good dudes over there. But does BYU's defensive back units deserve a legitimate case as the best, most experienced position group? Yeah, we do. Uh, I I would. Yeah, I would say yeah. We uh, the O line has a lot of great guys, a lot of great dudes, and all other position groups do too. But I think the the work we put in over the years, the players we got. Even the guys we brought in, we just got a, a lot of a lot of good uh, things coming our yeah. way. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the list right now. Okay? We, we, of course, put, we listed out yesterday. We are like, all right, let's D'Angelo talk. Mandel, yep. Caleb Hayes, mm-hmm. Gabe Judy Lally, Jacob Robinson. Mm-hmm. And the safety position, you got Malik Moore. You got Micah Harper, mm-hmm. experienced Hayden Livingston. That's a pretty George loaded Udo. group. George, that's mm-hmm. a good loaded Hanneman. group. Yeah, that's, a, that's pretty good. Oh, that's a terrible picture. Oh, come <laughs> you? on, bro. Is that an old photo? I don't even look like that. Is that last year? <laughs> Not, I don't even know when that was. That two years that's ago? crazy. Did they do you dirty on this? They low-key did. <laughs> All right. We got to update Dino's picks on the TV That's low-key shady. That's yeah. crazy. Okay, I, I think back to the formative moments and seasons for this group. Like, sometimes you got to go down to go up, right? Mm-hmm. 2018 and 19, you guys go 7-6, seven 7-6. And six, seven and six. Mm-hmm. But the... But you guys are young, like Zach's young, freshman. Uh, you know, uh, everybody's young. 
in the Wisconsin game, I swear a ton of you were in that game. Oh, yeah. We beating, you know what I mean? Yeah, we you're freshmen. You're thrown in there. Yeah. But here you are in, in 22, and you guys have won back-to-back 10-plus, mm-hmm. and you're a different team. How did kind of 18 and 19, beating Wisconsin, USC, Tennessee, how did those sort of form this group to be what you guys are now? I think it just showed what we can do. And obviously going to 7-6 and is a lot of up and down, so it's not a lot of yeah. consistency. Some big wins, and some then, low lows. Tough loss, yeah. Yeah, and then now we're winning the games we're supposed to win. And uh, I just think that's growth, experience, development. We're all really young, so we were 18, 19 years old, just getting thrown out there. The Wisconsin game was crazy. Yeah. Because, for one, they were number six at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like 160 pounds out there playing. <laughs> I remember they did like, a, they did like a, a sweep to Jonathan Taylor, and like the tackle blocked down, the fullback and him were coming at me. And I was like, oh, this is going to be bad. <laughs> and he like, no, the fullback, like, I got a video of it. He picked me up and threw me into the sideline, like five feet. And I was just like, oh, yeah, this is something different. This is a different level, yeah. But now that's not happening no more. No. So, yeah. No, it's not. See, those yeah. are the experiences you need yeah. to, like, motivate. Be like, nah, I'm, that's not that's happening. That's not happening. Hey, yeah. the gr- one of the greatest fun facts ever is that Squally Canada outrushed Jonathan Taylor by a single yard in that in game. In that game. He did. Our guy Squally rad rushed for more yards in that game. Head Shout out to Squally. Shout out to Squally Canada, Shout out to man. Squally. That's JT with crazy. the Colts now, killing it. Yeah, I didn't even know that. That's crazy. Yeah. D'Angelo Mandel with us on BYU Sports Nation. If you had to pick the strength of the defense, what would you say that is? Because obviously your group on that side of the ball uh, feels really confident that you can do a lot of things well. What's the strength in its entirety of the BYU defense? You mean like the positions or just in general? Could be whatever you want to be. Could be mental, could be physical, the position group. What do you think? I think it's experience. A lot of people don't want to talk about that, but I think that helps a lot because we're just used to it now. I go to games, I'm not really that nervous anymore. It's just like, all right, let's go do this and get our jobs done. And I think that's what's going to help us do all these big games now with Oregon, Notre Dame, Baylor. Now we're just like, it's another game. We just got to go out there and play. You've been through the fire. And for a while there, I sat here and was like, in it as an independent with no Big 12 in, in the future at the time. I'm not sure why we loaded up if we want to win like 10 or 11. But mm. now it, it it was certainly this on-ramp mm. to the Big 12, which is awesome. You guys have been through this. You're not like, oh, no, all exactly. these power fives. Like you're re- you actually welcome it, which yeah. is awesome. Is there a game on the schedule that sticks out as one that you're particularly looking forward to? Oregon for sure. Why is that? Um, I mean, growing up, you see all the how the games are. Even and not even just growing up, like high school too. How crazy Oregon games are with the fans. It's all packed out. They're going crazy. And now we get to play, and you know we like those away games. So that's gonna be fun. And then Baylor, for sure. Um, that one's self-explained. Uh, that was a bad game for me. So I'm really looking. I've been circling that one for a minute. Okay. Yeah. Was that so, another one of those learning experiences? Like that's not happening again. For sure. That was I was a little I don't know what was going through my head that game, but but no one picked you up and threw you five feet into the sideline. Right? <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, okay, okay. None of those. Yeah, we didn't have none of those. Yeah, yeah, none of those. Who is the best cover corner in the BYU secondary position room? The best one. Man, that's a toss up. I'll probably say me. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> uh, no, nah, but uh, Caleb Hayes, he's really good. He's real technically sound. Um, if you see him work and all the stuff he does each and day in and day out, he really t- he really like takes man-to-man and all that type of stuff real seriously. Um, Gabe Judy, we just brought in two from Vandy. He's yeah. a really good player. Um, Jacob Robinson, All-American. I was going to say, how's yeah. Jacob going to fit in as a corner? Jake, uh, 
He's. I mean, people, not people. Not, not a lot of people know, but nickel is harder than corner. So, Why is that? Um, the receivers have two way goes. Mm. Um, the routes that they can run put you in a lot, a lot harder positions. So the transition from nickel to corner is actually a lot chiller, in my opinion. And he's a corner, not nickel this year. Or is he still nickel? He's still both. He's, he's still, both. He'll be gotcha. both. But he's a. He's really good. So. He he had a tremendous uh, performance. We're seeing some of those picks right here. Yeah. This is our amazing. Uh, Production staff pulling up uh, that uh, yeah. Caleb Hayes saves the USC game that last drive. Oh man. yeah, that was unbelievable! Like it yeah. was like three plays in a row. I was going crazy. <laughs> I was, it was amazing. Yeah, no, that was insane. He was he was playing out of his mind. It was like the USC game, the Utah State game were games where he really was like, "Don't throw me the ball, or I'm gonna just knock it down." <laughs> Hayes Island, man. Yeah. yeah. Hey, listen, we need to get you in those blue goggles again so that we can get you oh, a new headshot. For sure. Okay? This, you, yeah. Hey, you okay, already we're, know. We're gonna, so, so look at this camera right over here. Yeah, there you we go. All you fans, we need the first home game, all y'all looking like this. Everybody, the whole stands. If we can get it like that, I think it would be crazy. Marketing's ordering like 50,000 blue goggles <laughs> right now. I hope so. I think that would be kind of crazy. That would be awesome, man. Yeah. That would be low-key pretty cool. We'd go viral. That's no, like, like Lavelle Edwards Stadium going viral then. Yeah, yeah. Nah, we would. Yeah. Uh, D'Lo, great to have you in Studio Thanks B. coming in, man. Congratulations yeah. on your career to this point. Can't wait to watch you play in 2022, man. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Let's go. Okay, Let's coming go. up, John Beck joins us to talk about Jaron Hall and Zach Wilson. Uh, yeah, speaking of Jaron Hall, QB1 joins us next. What has him most amped up about the 2022 schedule, and oh. where does he think he's improved the most this offseason? Look at the hair, man. This is BYU Sports Nation. the hair. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live on Media Day 2022. We're hanging out in Studio B. Uh, that was well played, that so, highlight there. So Jaron running down to support his teammates is a thing we would see two weeks later as well. Indeed. Against Arizona State. Because <laughs> he had to run down and get the get the ball that Tyler punches out. Let's go. You follow the Follow the follow play. The ball. And uh, he's kind enough to join us now live in Studio B, QB1, Jaron Hall. Welcome back on Media Day, man. Oh, man. We're, not, we're not running that one back, though. Are we on here? That one? No. Play. We're not, we're not, you don't want to? <laughs> are you? Wait, you're tired of seeing it? What are you saying? I, mean, I love watching Tyler. They can just cut me out of it and just show Tyler. Listen, oh, you don't like that repeat. you threw a pick. Yeah. Jaron, you were just, we just, started you were just doing yeah. Tyler a favor yeah. so that he had the top pinnacle moment in his film. It's, it's true, though. Right? It's true. I don't get enough credit for it was that. It's a tender mercy that you gave to Tyler. <laughs> that, oh, tell us about that because we've never actually asked you about that. Like the sprint after that. Oh, because first Ty Tyler blew by me. I mean, I was pretty slow that game. He blew by me, punched the ball out, and I was just right there, a little present. You know? But the fact that you're in that position is wild. Yeah, we haven't just, seen every BYU quarterback chase after in that moment. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah, you make a mistake that big. I mean, you got to do. You got to make it make up for it, right? So it worked out for me. Could have been a lot worse. <laughs> that was a great. Play. That, that's a that's a sort of season defining moment because mm -hmm. they're about to take the lead and oh, they've yeah. got the momentum. Yeah. Who knows? Hopefully, Who knows you come back happen. and win that game. But yeah. if not, sort of the week after Utah, yeah. it becomes a little mm -hmm. different. Yep. So that was a big moment. It's crazy. Know? 
Love that guy, Ty. Special dude. Absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be awesome to watch him uh, with the Falcons. Yeah, for sure. We're looking forward to that in his rookie season. Uh, you, of course, have your own pro football aspirations. But first things first, the 2022 schedule for BYU. We've been talking to your coaches and teammates about the specifics within the season and the schedule that just kind of have you most excited, like feeling the most anticipation. So for you, what is that? It's all exciting, but what's at the top of the list? Like, oh, man, I cannot wait for this. Yeah, getting out of Tampa, playing USF week one uh, back in the Buccaneers Stadium. It's uh, For me, it's where it all started my freshman year. It was my first time starting a game. So just to go back there um, again will be very special um, with a new group of guys, very experienced, ready to play. It'll be fun. Do you feel like there was a certain waiting period for you in your career here that benefited you in a way to be ready for 21? Obviously, you would have loved to have played very early. Yeah. But in the, in the history of BYU quarterbacks, the guy that got thrown in early didn't always succeed. He needed mm-hmm. to kind of get his shot as an upperclassman. Yeah, I think just that COVID year, uh, being hurt during that baseball season and then obviously not recovering in time for the season, um, I think was the biggest thing for me, just to sit back, watch all the success that, that those guys had, um, to watch Zach ball out, to see some of the things he did very well um, from the last season and just learning from him and everybody else. I think that was the biggest thing for me that really helped boost my confidence um, in myself to see the things I could do better, but then also just see all that kind of develop within our team and then just continue that with that momentum. And uh, and remind me, you didn't you didn't even wear pads that season? Nah. Nope. So so complete pressure off to enter that game. Did yeah. you see the game differently because of that maybe? 100%. I think I was far more relaxed. I mean, I was still I mean nervous every game. The guys are playing. It's, it's, but, but for me, just to be able to be on the sideline, not worry about all the prep, and just focus on what was going on in the moment, seeing it all happen was just a different way. I've never mm-hmm. seen football that way. Um, and it just helped me just see a, a lot of things about myself that could help. It's rare to go from I'm not thinking, I'm not the backup to mm-hmm. I'm the starter. Yeah. Right? That, that was a unique moment for you. Yeah. Jaron Hall is with us on BYU Sports Nation. It's no secret you've been working with John Beck. Uh, he has been a mentor and uh, been spending a lot of time with you. How has working with him changed you the most as a quarterback? Yeah, just seeing how you got to train game like every day. Um, the biggest thing with him, you know, is, is outside the mechanics, which he's, I mean, the best at, and his group of guys are the best at seeing with all the guys they work with is the importance of training uncomfortably in the summer because in the game you're going to be throwing like that. You're not going to be in a clean pocket all the time. I mean, knock on wood. With with our line, maybe. Might, I mean, you never know. <laughs> but uh, typically you're going to be moving around. You're going to be in bad situations, and you got to be able to train your body to get back to where it needs to be in split seconds and then deliver the ball accurately. So that's the thing we, we work on that um, has been hard and it's been a work in progress for me. Um, but over the last year and a half, it's been something that's become more comfortable and, and I'm confident this season that will show up a lot better. The natural follow-up is, did you drive or fly to visit John <laughs> We've Bay? answered this. Hey, I flew every single time. I will never drive to California. Pattern of efficiency, right, Jared? I, yeah, I put rather. this out on Twitter, and people were like, but what is ESPN going to talk about? Yeah, uh, they can talk <laughs> about our old line. Let them talk about that. Did, did John ever come to you in Provo? Was that a thing that Yeah, so he's happened? been here a couple times now. Nice. Yep. Yep. A little easier than yes. flying down there. Yes, yes. Save now, a couple bucks. Yeah, and and what like obviously BYU fans know John Beck, mm-hmm. but John John actually got hired by the Jets to work with Zach personally, mm-hmm. kind of like Russell Wilson is working uh, with Jake Heaps. Right. Um, so what what are the things that you've learned the most that you were like, oh yeah, I put that in the game and it really helped me because last year was I, I don't think we've uh, properly categorized how good it was. It was amazing. Yeah, last year was great. Um, I mean, again, just some of those similar things, just game-like reps, game-like preparation, 
um, not being com- uh, not comfortable, not being too relaxed while you're playing. A lot of quarterbacks get in a, a good rhythm and they try to stay in that rhythm, but it's in reality it's not going to happen very much. Staying so, relaxed. Yeah, I mean, staying in rhythm. Oh, staying in rhythm. Relaxed, yeah. but learning how to play fast and play at your full tempo is the most important thing. Did you do the Dak Prescott like hitch pregame thing? <laughs> yeah, Was that ever a? Yes, I did. Do you I do did. you warm up with that? Yeah, you just don't catch yeah, it on yeah. camera. Oh yeah, we do. I just stay away from you guys. No, no, I do in the locker <laughs> I'm not room. looking for no, it. I'm in the hotel doing it. I'm in the locker room. <laughs> no, no, I just uh, yeah, I do it. Though. Unique. Just drill, never caught it. Sure. What, what does it do? Open up the hips or something? Yeah, it just works on training the hips, the upper body separating, having the white uh, the weight in the right places as you're throwing. If you haven't seen this, just just Google Dak Prescott pregame warm up. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's yeah. the first thing it, that will pop up. It looks weird, but it's super effective. Yeah. Okay, your offensive coordinator, Aaron Roderick, said you've really spent a lot of time working on your body in the offseason, and yeah. he's never seen you in such peak physical condition. <laughs> so what did you do, and how has that translated? How is your body different now yeah. compared to what you've been in the past? Uh, first, I just got a team around me, a lot of different people that know different parts about the body in different ways. Um, I just took a full-on team approach. Um, I have a lot of just a lot of specialists working different things with me. Um, and then, you know, just my diet, the way I eat, the way I take care of myself during the week, sleeping. Um, just a combination, a lot of stuff I've known I should have been doing for years, and all kids know they should. Uh, but for one reason or another, you just don't do it as a college kid sometimes. Sometimes but, uh, you just want the midnight shake. What, yeah. what, are, we t- what are we talking about Dangerous. specifically? As in... Uh, are you talking nutrition, sleep? What are you yeah, talking about? nutrition specifically is a big thing, and then sleep. And I think getting married uh, has been the best thing for me. You know, me and my wife get to bed pretty early now to put the baby down. So, um, yeah, that's the biggest thing, sleep and nutrition. That's awesome. Yeah. Last year, there was still sort of a quarterback battle going mm-hmm. in the fall. How has this offseason been knowing you're the guy? Uh, same focus for me, honestly. you got to find, if you don't have someone, you know, that is pushing you like it was for four years, with me, Zach, Baylor type of deal, um, to be crowned the guy already, you got to find something that makes you push yourself. You can't just sit there and say, I'm the guy, I'm going to just yeah. go cruise through it. You got to have another thing to be competitive with. So, for what me, is it for finding that is to be the best in the country, right? Mm-hmm. You find the other guys you work out with, the other guys you know, and you compete against them. Um, and that's been my, my best, my greatest motivation for me. Are a few of them training with John where you get to interact? Yeah, yeah. Who are, some, who are some of the other guys? Trying to uh, Bryce Young's one I work with. Um, Heisman Trophy winner, yeah, Alabama. Yeah. The best there is right there, right? So, and then uh, Jake Hayner recently. Um, Keaton Slovis, um, just to name a few guys, but you get some of the best. And then, you know, chance to see NFL guys throw at times. It's, uh, it's cool. That's cool. Mel Kuyper, NFL draft expert, speaking of great quarterbacks, has you as the number six NFL QB prospect. What's the Pretty key awesome. to managing expectations for your team and your season this year while that stuff's going on on the back burner? How do you handle that? Just disregard all that stuff. It's poison. Just, you got to learn. You're going to see it. You're going to hear about it, right, obviously, but you got to learn to be – uh, mature enough to just let it bounce off you the good stuff and the bad stuff none of it can get in your head you just got to stay focused keep a chip on your shoulder and for our team collectively with you know two years of, of good success um i think that's the focus just keep a chip on our shoulder this is what kalani was talking about he's just keeping yes, it avoid distractions andy Reid said but we have five hours of poisonous tv we got to put together we're, just so you know we're, we're gonna feel good about yourselves yes exactly so much poison yeah thanks jaren great to have you on the show hey, thanks for coming in right. pleasure okay coming up left tackle blake freeland he's getting first round buzz as well just straight poison let's go there uh we've been talking about john beck <laughs> John Beck's going to join us very shortly. What are his expectations for BYU and Jaron Hall this year? This is BYU Sports Nation. Joe Beck in the house. (laughs) BYU Sports Station, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. We near the end of hour one of our two-hour special. 
on this Media Day Spectacular. Joining us now is, well, he's he's a quarterback guru, right? Can we call you that now? I don't really love the name guru, but I do like, you know, hey, yeah, I, I coach quarterbacks. That's what I try to specialize in. Coach. He John is John Beck, Beck ladies What's and gentlemen. Up? John Beck is with us on BYUSN. Um, you've obviously done great work for Zach Wilson. You continue to mentor him, maybe not as much in person now, but now you've kind of taken that role to Jaron Hall, and you've seen him evolve and develop. And I just asked him, how has working with John changed you the most as a quarterback? And he said, being like getting to the point where I'm comfortable in uncomfortable situations. That's what yeah, he said. Yeah, I love that. It's okay. a good answer by right? him. That's what yes. we work on. He passed the quiz. Sweet. Good. Yeah. I was really wondering. I'm like, ooh, I'm so good. I, I want to hear what Jaron had to say. <laughs> good. Okay. So maybe you feel the same way, uh, but can you specify where you've seen him grow the most? Yeah. Well, you know, the opportunity to work with both those guys. Zach was exceptional. Jaron is the same in the way that he approaches things. You know, uh, for, for Jaron, it's we always try to take the skill set that we see, how can we refine it? And then how can we instruct them so that they're able to go out there and really coach themselves? For example, this morning, I got to work out with him. I got to watch practice and I got to watch him auto-correct for himself. And he, he actually made a play. I saw him make the adjustment. And to me, then I'm doing my job because it's can he feel those things? Can he feel the right ones? And then can he feel what he needs to make an adjustment on his own? And to me, that's then means I'm doing my job. And there's more adjustments required with the tougher schedules BYU's playing, right? What he encountered last year, John, was unique. Like, seven power fives and going out on the right. Like, it was an unbelievable year and performance from Jaron that I don't think we valued enough how good he was. I loved his efficiency as I watched all those games. First off, as a competitor, you want to play in those big games. You know, I think being a former player and knowing how guys are when they look at that schedule... I always looked at those games against those tougher teams like this is why I play college football. So cool opportunity for Jaron and the team to get to play that team, though those teams, and then to win and to have success and to do it so efficiently. Something I really like about Jaron, Jaron's like a, like a real cool operator. Like, like the way that he distributes the ball, the way that he makes decisions, he's got a really savvy way in the way that he plays the game and allows him to play really efficient. And then the cool part is about him is then anytime he wants to take off and make a play with his legs, he's like a running back with, with, with his legs. And that, like, that, that, that way that he can kind of attack a defense puts them in mm. such binds. And because he's a good decision maker, it makes it so hard on the defense. And was he ever truly comfortable last year with playing through injured ribs that we didn't really know the seriousness until kind of later? Like... Being uncomfortable. He was hurt the he, whole year. Oh, my gosh. I think that's quarterbacking. Most of the time, though, the reality is, aside from that first game, most quarterbacks are playing with a little something. Like, you had you know, an ankle in 06 for most Yeah, of that it, was right? bad. I thought that thing was broke. Like, But, like, yeah, like, I mean, Dak, a lot, a lot of the guys I work with, there's always, like, a little something that, like, you don't totally know about. And that's why, you know, to be a quarterback, you got to be the ultimate competitor. you got to be able to get in that mindset where, yeah, I'm not feeling 100%, but I'm going to find what I can get. I'm going to go out there compete to the best of my ability and really you know you can say man i wish jaron was healthy a little bit more but how awesome is it that he's out there competing all the time as quickly as he can get back out on the field he's always back out on the field competing at a high level love that the two minute drill with john beck we're back with more media day in just a moment on byu tv Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. 
Welcome back to BYU Football Media Day 2022 on BYU Sports Nation. This is your day-to-day play-by-play. In Studio B, I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside Jerem Jordan. We had a fantastic first hour of the show, but because we are celebrating Media Day and the the finale of these Media Days and Independence, why not go two hours and do so with an A-list We wanted three, they said. Only two. Only two. Come on. (laughs) Okay, if you missed hour number one, don't worry, you can go back and watch it. Included our interviews with head coach Kalani Satake, athletic director Tom Holmo, some great football players, Jaron Hall, D'Angelo Mandel. We just talked to John Beck. And now we open up hour number two with the defensive coordinator, Elisa Tuiaki. I just mentioned to him, we need that that spark. We need that power bump in the middle of our two hours. That's why we brought you in, because you're the guy. You, you go hard. You go one speed, right? Only one speed. That's all I know. Is that how you call the games, too? No. <laughs> All out blitz. How many times do fans come up and be like, we need a blitz more? We, yeah, we need a blitz yeah. more. Okay. Yeah. You're like, yes, and give up a touchdown. Yeah, come on. Come on. Well, let's, let's start the conversation there because it, it obviously when fans are watching, they're like, well, why can't they always just get to the quarterback and sack the quarterback? It's like, yeah. I wish it were that simple. Yeah. But – uh, because they get the ball out fast in yes. 2022. You have mentioned just disruptive plays and creating chaos. How does your defense in 2022 going to best create the most chaos? If it's not quarterback sacks alone, which it's not, how are they going to create the most chaos? Oh, man, that's a good question. And that's, it's, a, it's a developing question with just all the things that we're learning. You know, we, we actually just, uh, uh, A-Rod, um, you know, Ed and I and Kalani, we just had a uh, – two-hour discussion just about our last season with our analytics team. And, um, you know, some of the things that, that you factor in as far as just what you think uh, matters and what doesn't matter and all that stuff, I mean, just we're, we, 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 we study and we go round and round and round about, okay, what's important, what, what do we need to do? Um, and so, even I mean, just, just calling the game and just different things like that is just uh, – um, you know, just it's it, a lot of it's changing yeah. just through through the years. And so in answer to your question, um, no, we, we got to be better at everything that we're doing. But uh, we we're certainly looking at different angles of just uh, how to how to be better on defense. What are some of those things that stuck out uh, that matter and that don't matter analytically and metrically? Okay, so um, going back, I mean, everybody always brings up uh, sacks for some reason, right? But so uh, in in 2014, we led the country in sacks, right, at at the University of Utah when Galani was the coordinator. Uh, four and a half, about four and a half sacks per uh, per game is what you're going to end up wow. set, uh, set, right? Um, there there are several factors that go into that, you know, in order for you to get that many. So we played, I think, seven of the quarterbacks in the Pac-12 that year were all NFL guys, right? And so the offenses that you face are a little bit more – I mean, everyone's throwing more. Pass okay, the quarterbacks that you're facing, too, are a lot more like, I'm not going to throw an incompletion. I'd rather take a sack. And, and, and that, that helps as well, right? Mm-hmm. So we played – Because their U- numbers – UCLA's guy, we, we sacked them ten times. Josh Rosen. It wasn't him. It no. was the it was the one uh, before him. Um, okay, that guy. Huntley. Huntley. Oh yeah, Brett okay. Huntley. Yeah. yeah. So Brett okay. Huntley. So anyways, yeah. but, uh, but that that plays a factor into it, right? Mm. So the type of offenses that you're playing, but also almost every single one of those games came down to like the last drive. And so when you're playing more two minute drills, you're going to get more sacks, right? <clears throat> okay. So reeling it back and looking at it, okay, four and a half sacks a game. If you're playing 80 snaps a game, okay, about. That's a, you, pl- you play a little bit more than that. Sometimes you play fewer. But Is that the average now? Defensively? 70, you're 75 to 80. I mean, it's just, just, yeah. yeah okay. It is a lot. a lot. It is a lot. If you're playing about, I'm just, I'm just kind of ballparking. You're playing 80 snaps a game. 
and about 50% of those are passes. You're only seeing you're, – you're seeing 40 passes, right? Okay, if you're getting four and a half sacks a game and you're leading the country in sacks, what's happening on the other 36 snaps? Passes, right? If everything is, is, is geared towards just getting sacks, um, defensive ends rush upfield – and they get washed, and you get big throwing windows for the quarterback. And so for us, it's it's been a more more of a focus on um, frontal rush. It's been more of a focus on um, yards per attempt. So if you're mm-hmm. five yards per attempt, you are you're kicking butt. You feel pretty good about it because now you're getting batted balls, you're getting quarterback checkdowns, you're you're getting fewer big plays and all those things. And so, I mean. I want sacks more than the next person. Trust me. Believe you me. Okay? But not at the cost. Not at the cost right. of, of what uh, our defense could be. And I think that we could be really – I mean, when you saw when we were healthy, we're beating Utah, you know, we're beating Arizona, we're beating Arizona State. And I mean, really, really good teams, right? Um, and, then, and then when the, the teams that we lost to, okay, if you look at all the teams that we lost to, it really wasn't about getting to the quarterback. It's about stopping the run. And so that's been a focus for us as far as just coaches and just personneling things, scheming things, and just changing things to, okay, we got to make sure that we're stopping the runs against some of these teams that are really good. Um, we did it early. We lost some depth and maybe changed some things schematically just because of move, moves that we've done. And, and looking at those things is, is, is what we need to do for this next year. I just feel like I learned yeah. a billion things in that two-minute response. That was so <laughs> insightful. Learn. Okay, so you're saying sex. I told you, we go hard right <laughs> <I> now. <do. laughs> so are you saying sex don't matter as much as you think? Is no, that, no, is no, that they, they matter. Okay, so sure. like, was, um, you know. But as much uh, as you'd think? Yeah, so SMU... Um, SMU led the country in sacks, I think, three years ago. They were number 117 in scoring defense. It's just, you know, you know what I mean? Like yeah, it doesn't calculate. The number it, one stat. How many it, points do you allow? It's, it's, right? yeah, the number one stat that matters in the game of football is scoring. That's it, right? And so all the other stuff matters, and there's some kind of correlation. But how much does it correlate? Sure. How much are you going to put stock into it? And 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 really, some of it kind of. Um, changes depending on how the game's going, right? If you're down sure. two scores in the fourth quarter, um, it, it's time to up the aggression. And so, yes. okay, we're gonna we're gonna give one up, but we're probably gonna get a couple of takeaways too. It's it, it's like that, and you can't do that all the time just because you're gonna be you're gonna be facing that that scenario all the time. And so it's it's. I mean, the scenarios change throughout the game. You know what I mean? And so you've got to change the way that you look at things. You've got to change the way that you do things. And it's just, it's just important for us to look, to look at it intelligently and say, okay, this matters a little bit more than this. Yeah. In this situation, let's just make sure that we focus on what matters and, and try to win the game. That's it, right? Like, no, nobody wants to walk away like, 10 sacks, but we lost. Yeah. No, no, no. We want to win. Like, at the end of the day, against Virginia – you give up a gajillion yards and points, yeah. but you made stops in the fourth quarter that, that's, to win. Yeah, that's 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 right? the name of the game, right? Where it's like, okay, okay. To your point, we blitzed a lot when we were giving up a lot of points. It was kind of like I mean, when you're looking down your call sheet, you're like, oh, nothing, nothing works. Let's up the aggression. Oh, big play after big play after big play. Then it's like, okay, let's reel it back. Drop eight, drop eight, drop eight. Which is when you're looking at aggression, everybody thinks that's it, but it's a little bit more like. Okay, this is the most aggressive coverage, right? Instead of the aggressive rush. Yes, and chaos can happen from that. You can pick the ball off. Absolutely. Like more Absolutely. easily. Yeah. Yep. Peyton Wilgar loves the drop eight. He's been the benefactor of that on several occasions. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so you 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 can go back to all the backers that have played here. It's like 
you get so many tackles because because you're getting checkdowns. Yes. And you get so many of those yes. picks and all those things. So. Keenan Peely's like, yes, 17 please, tackles please, again. Please, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Elias Tuiaki, the defensive coordinator for BYU, is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Fantastic defensive stuff masterclass. Thus far. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, seriously. Uh, Kalani Satake keeps referencing tongue in cheek mostly, I believe, that the defensive line is sick and tired of hearing about how good the offensive line is, and he's like, you watch. They're they're angry. They're tired of this. They're going to come out and ball out. Uh, do you buy into that a little bit, that there's there's that competition brewing within your own team? Okay. That, that's uh, There's something that the, the D-line probably needs to learn that I learned when I when, you know in, in the years that I've been here. It, this is BYU. This is this is offense land. It's it's that's what matters, right? And so it's uh, okay. Our our D line and O line. I mean, they go back and forth. They're both really really good players on both sides. And so I think our O line uh, competitively. Uh, I mean, our O line and D line are competitive against each other when it comes to that. But on game day, they are so just geeked up for each other, backing up each other, just so happy when another one makes a play. And yeah. and it's like that. And I think you know uh, the O line deserves a lot of credit. I've I've been around a lot of O lines. Good old lines. This old line is is amazing. This old line's really really good. It's very exciting. It's funny because I was in and the... so is this D line. Yeah. So is the. I'm telling you, Sell the D line. Yeah. So the 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 D line. I was talking with the coach Hadley and I kind of texted him with just the projected depth chart, and I was like, okay, we're like three and a half deep, and I feel Ooh. good about any of these guys getting into the game. And so, but the but the but the ones right now, uh, Batty, Caden, uh, Gumby, and uh, Gumby is Gabe Summers. Earl. I mean, those four, when they're in together, it's it's really, really disruptive. Okay. And Lorenzo's coming back for another year, right? Zoe comes back. Very yep, excited. nice nice is back. I mean, the two young guys, the three young guys, the four young guys, now that I'm thinking about it. Say all their names for those. Yeah, uh, Blake Mangelson, John Nelson, Josh Larson, Hunter Greer. Alema Peely might just moved over, and he had a really, really good last two weeks of spring. I mean, he's mm-hmm. just, I think he's, I think he's, uh, I think he's flourishing at, at the D-line. You got so much experience, too. We were talking with D'Lo about uh, D'Angelo Mandel, about the secondary. Guys who played against Wisconsin in 2018 are still on this team. <laughs> That's right. Making plays who have been through 7-6, seven and 7-7. Seven and th- now the 11-1, and one, now the 10-3. Yep. and three. Like They're ready for this schedule and this experience. And then you've added uh, really nice pieces in Caleb Hayes and Gabe Judy Lally. And yeah. It feels like a really nice group. What yeah, do you think? I, I, I think so. It's uh, Last year in uh, – Everyone brought back their 2020 class, right? Because everybody, you had the option to leave or come back. Majority of the teams that we faced, they had super seniors, right? The Baylors and everybody. Uh, We didn't. All of our guys went to the draft, and so we played with a really, really young team. So I feel like, okay, we've got a lot of experience coming back. Everybody's losing a lot of experience, and I feel like it's we're just in a good, good place right now. That's awesome. We know you have a great relationship with Kalani, and you go way back. And frankly, you could probably help him out with the changes that are about to happen in his life, welcoming a new infant into you the world. You have seven children, Eliza. <laughs> you know what you're doing. What's, what's the best bit of advice you can offer to him as he begins this new journey again, welcoming a baby into the world? You, you've got to get a babysitter and go on a date more often than you did before. <laughs> Wait, is this guy the babysitter? <laughs> he does have built-in babysitters. It's his you, daughters. You've got that. That's the same thing that I had, too. Right? And it's like... Deuces, we're gonna go on a date. <laughs> you take care of the boys. We're out of here. And it's just, and it's just, you know, just a, a meal, a quiet meal. Yes, is all you need. It's just to kind of talk, talk as adults, yeah. and then come back to the chaos of. Hey, of we what don't else need is. volatile little sleep Kalani. You know, we, we need well rested Kalani. I, I want 2016 at Utah Kalani after the targeting against Kanye. I like that Kalani. Yeah, you you get that Kalani 
all the time. That, that's just Galani at his, <laughs> at his best. Oh, uh, E, thanks for the insight. Great stuff. Appreciate and it, man. My heart was fluttering a little yeah. bit when you were talking about the defensive line. You've accomplished what you were Blitz more is what we learned. Yeah. He's going to blitz yeah. all the I, time. I want everybody in the crowd to say, stop blitzing! <laughs> Back up a little bit! <laughs> at that point, it will, it will not become BYU anymore. Yeah, exactly. Okay, coming up, Blake Freeland. How did he go from high school quarterback to starting left tackle and NFL first-round projections. Hey, one of those veteran linebackers is back and healthy. Keenan Peely joins yeah. us. Where has he improved the most as he approaches a big senior season? This is BYU Sports Nation. About to tackle us up here. Jeez. Right. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Coming up this afternoon, 4.30 Eastern Time, BYU Football Media Day continues. BYU, a history of independence. Dave McCann walks through BYU's independence era with those who participated in it. We are live in Studio B. It is 2022 BYU Football Media Day. We are this in hour awesome, number two. It has oh. been so insightful, so fun, high energy. I go back and watch our own interviews, not because I'm vain. Well, I, well maybe not. But because I want to write down everything that E said. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, what matters? What doesn't? Why incredible. you do this? Why you don't? Yards per attempt when it comes to the pass statistic. Yeah, I already knew that one. But like Stopping the run. Yes. Set, not about sacks. Why, when, you, when you blitz. Why you don't blitz here. Da, da, da. Yeah, awesome. Now, so I, I want to bring up something from one of our producers, Harrison Collier. He just sent me this message. Okay. It said, after Elisa Tuiaki's comments. You suck. Do better. Here's something interesting. <laughs> we'll call this our stat of the day. Okay. 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 <laughs> In wins last season, BYU allowed 137 rush yards per game, 22.7 points. Okay. In the losses, BYU allowed 222 rush yards yeah, and difference. 31.6 It would have been nice to have the starting middle linebacker from the beginning of the season. Indeed, yeah. which is exactly where I was hoping you would take that. Just random thought. He is with us, Keenan oh. Peely in Studio B. What's up, Keenan Peely? Can, can we just go <laughs> ahead and say that you are – because are you, you were not playing, that's the reason that BYU uh, was giving up 222 rush yards. 90 yards. Can't, can't say that. Can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but we learned in State of the Program, you told Dave McCann uh, amidst your your teammates and coaches that you're back next week 100%. Back. That's awesome. Back. Congratulations, Thank man. You. Thank that's, you. It's a long road. It is. Holy cow. Yeah, it feels long. It's been a good journey, though. Learned a lot. Tell, okay. tell yeah. us about it, because everyone goes through a different journey there when coming back, but you have a super low point where you question whether you still even uh -huh. want to play, uh -huh. probably, right? Like, what was it like for you? i say probably the hardest day was the day after, but other than that, the rehab's been amazing. I think the biggest thing I learned was how to take care of my body, um, when to push things, when to kind of take a step back and just recover. So learning my body, how it works, what I need to be eating, I think is was a big takeaway. What do you need to be eating more? More of my, what my wife cooks. <laughs> which which <laughs> is what? Uh, my wife's a big uh, health nut. So okay. we meal prep every Monday. She works out just as much as me. And wow. she's. Oh, that's are we talking yeah, like green great. drinks and quinoa and all like, that like, stuff? A lot, a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of that stuff. A lot of kale. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, a lot of okay. kale. No Kyle more. Collinsworth's like, yeah! Yes. Yeah. It's Keenan with a K and uh, K for kale, yeah, right? That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. What's the key to finishing the season healthy? I know that there are mm -hmm. some mitigating factors you can't control ultimately, but what's, what's the key to doing everything you can do to stay healthy amidst the season? Uh, good question. I, I think that goes back to learning my body. I think I know a lot now that I didn't know last season that I could be doing during the season to make sure my body's always healthy, 100% ready to go okay. for every game. 
What are you looking forward to the most in returning? Because you're expected to come back and be the same guy, right? Mm-hmm. Hopefully if better. Not better. Yeah, hopefully better. That's my goal. Better than I did. Got a lot to improve on and, and work on. So, everyone, oh. yeah, everyone points to that 17 tackle performance and is like, "That was amazing. That was awesome." How do you feel about 17 tackles? <laughs> and more importantly, your body feel about 17 tackles? Uh, I was a little disappointed again. I should have had more. Actually, <laughs> it could have been 20. Yeah. No, I, um, body was fine. I just, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty tough on myself. I just felt like I could have done better in those two games I played, or two and a half. Yeah. So th- this uh, season has, you know, five power fives. Still, Boy State on there. Utah State for the last time. It's the end of the Independence era in the whole deal. How's this team sort of handling that emotionally, mentally? Because I don't. I, I think the fans are more excited about the Big Twelve than this team is because you guys have this season to play right now. Yeah. And and generally as a whole, our our team's pretty on the older side. I feel like we got a lot of guys returning who have been in this independence area, I think we're all really care about finishing this year strong instead of looking forward. And you got a huge opportunity. There's some big-time oh, games. Definitely. Any of those games stick out to you? Yeah, I, I said Oregon just because it's so soon in the schedule. And, you know, you grow, you grow up watching those guys yeah. and those type of teams. So it's cool to play versus them. That is true. I did, I did, you know, you were probably a teenager when Mariota is. Uh-huh. You know what uh-huh. I mean? So, like, and all the jerseys and Nike and Phil Knight and the whole deal. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Notre Dame in Vegas. Big one. Back in Vegas. Back in Vegas. Can't wait for that either. That's that's game number two for me. Yeah. Arkansas yes, is sneaky on there. We've been talking about how interesting that is. Obviously, uh-huh. Baylor. You didn't play in that game. Yes. Definitely. BYU would have stuffed the run yeah, probably that, a little better that, with you. That's a good point. You, you didn't get your crack at the Big 12 champions. <laughs> now they're coming to Provo. Yeah, hey, that will be a, a great game to try to get back. And then SEC. Arkansas is physical, loves to run the ball. Uh-huh. It's a fun matchup for a middle linebacker as well. So. Oh, definitely. Yeah, there's some good ones on there. Definitely. Right? Keenan Peely, middle linebacker extraordinaire for BYU football, is with us on BYU hair, Sports Nation. Hair flowing out of the helmet, yeah. one of my favorite yep. things about <laughs> You as a player. So. <laughs> okay, so besides you, and of course Peyton Wilgar, I mean, you guys are the veteran leaders of that group, no question about it. What other linebackers do you expect to be, quote-unquote, difference makers this season for BYU? Oh, definitely. I think, right, many guys got uh, tons of reps last year, tons of time, right? Ben, ben Bywater, uh, Max Tooley, Pepe, I, saw, I don't know if you saw him join the room. Yeah. Oh, Pepe's right. joined so, the Pepe room. Okay. Yeah. He's not a D lineman anymore. Right. He's back as a linebacker. Okay. Yeah, but Kavika Gagne, I think, is going to have a great year. You obviously got Jackson Kalfusi. Old I man, old man Max Tooley. Old Still man? St- oh, he's been here a minute. <laughs> yeah. He's been old man oh. Max. Let's go. Oh, I like that. He's Mad Max. He's ma- old Mad Max. He's he's Mad Max. No, uh, listen. But, but oh, what were we going to say? I might call him that now. That's all. Old man, old, old man Max. <laughs> well, listen, I, I've been saying it with all the guests. I, I think there was a real formative uh, couple of seasons there in 18 and 19 uh-huh. where you guys go 7 and 6, but you beat some good teams. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, these guys are just young. And now we're seeing you guys at the tail end here. You're For all sure. old. A little the, slow the, burn. The mission advantage is finally happening. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Keenan, uh, let's go ahead and uh, push forward to not not just like – the defense as a whole, but, I mean, we're not trying to create rivalries here, but we asked D'Lo about the defensive backs, and he's like, dude, we might be the best group back there. You know? And then, like, <laughs> when asked the if they're the right, best group. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Elias Tuaki just told us the defensive line is, like, three deep at all the positions. We're super excited about that. <laughs> they, they Granted, do. there's an agenda to make sure the D-line sure. gets some love. 
They why, need some love. Yeah, we, I mean, for sure. We kind of default to the linebackers because of all the guys you just brought up. Where it's like, holy cow! Like if everyone's healthy and back, and there are those guys and that production, like that's going to be tough to beat as far as the best Pretty position good. group on the defensive side. How do you feel about that? You know, about being dubbed like the leaders. Do you, you feel like that's fair for your group? Um, I just hope we're living up to the expectation. We have a saying called "lead the way," and um, honestly, we have a good group of linebackers, all the way to the young guys that are willing to work, always putting in extra work. We're always together, and just keeping that bond. So, and that bond is forged through the tough games you played already, the several mm-hmm. years, the injuries. Um, this group's been together for a while, which is exciting. So. Obviously, you just play the two and a half games, and the defense did a good job, certainly room for improvement. Some of the metrics were lower than you wanted. What do you expect from this group, and how much better can it be, in your opinion? Uh, Much better. I hope we just keep building. You brought up those earlier years. I feel like year by year, we're kind of building up, building up, building up, and I hope we continue that trend um, this year, take a big leap. All right, we'll finish with this. Uh, you come from a heavy football family. Your brother-in-law is Moroni Lau, Lapututau. Of course, Trajan, your other brother, played here. Logan's Logan, here on the team Logan's now. Logan's here, awesome. your younger brother. How much advice and tips do you get from the older guys, from Moroni and Trajan? The truly they, old guys, not just Do they offer just that like, unsolicited, like, hey, we need to have a conversation. <laughs> how, much, how much advice do you get from those guys? Who's the unpaid uh, coach? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not as much as my dad. <laughs> and no, no. we have the answer. There it's it is. It's actually dad. Uh-huh. Is, yeah. uh-huh. okay. No, they all help me tons, though. They, they definitely help me. Whose feedback do you not care about? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, it's exciting to have you back, man. And, uh, yeah, you're cleared next week, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, on the uh, State of the program. Yet you're sort of entering almost this like, hey, chill a little bit before fall camp. So how do you manage the, I still need to work out and be in shape and now I can go full go versus, I don't want to go crazy because we go crazy in August. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm ramping it up for sure. Still trying to keep that balance between, you know, that good balance. You know, not pushing Like that Lake Powell trip versus, uh, you know, the weight room. Yeah. <laughs> don't need the, the trips. <laughs> but, yeah, just trying to ramp it up. All right, Keenan Peely is guaranteed that BYU will give up 90 yards less rushing when he's on the field. <laughs> I can't, I can't. In our words, Keenan Peely, Peely says. But yeah. you will make a big difference. It's great to have you back. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank Let's you for having me. You know, okay, let's it. keep this show rolling. Okay, coming up, what is Aaron Roderick most excited about with this year's offense? There's a lot to discuss. And is Blake Freeland paying attention to the poison, as Jaron Hall pointed out? And our show is just full of poison (laughs) of the NFL draft projections. We're going to find out. Blake's making his way in on BYU Sports Nation. He could crumple us up like a piece of paper, I swear. Yes. (laughs) Welcome back to Studio B on BYU Football Media Day 2022. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. And yes, this is a two-hour edition of BYU Sports Nation. It has been high-level, high-energy, no reason to bring it down because we got one of the best offensive linemen in the entire in the, country. In the country, a lot of people with saying With us now, Let's go. Blake Freeland. Blake, great to have you in studio, man. Good to be here, good to be here. Thanks first for time me. on the show, I think, period. First time, yeah. Like, first interview from us. Yes. What took so long from us? Good gosh. That's our fault. We'd like to offer a formal apology. Please don't be mad television. at us. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate it, guys. Yeah. All it took was first-round projections. Kay. That's our bad. So we were just talking about your lineage during the break, and we need to bring this up again because some incredible. people forget. Okay, yeah. so your mom was one of the best female athletes in the history of BYU sports. Okay, Debbie Diamond. All right, dual sport athlete. And then your dad. Basketball and volleyball. 
Jim, yeah, basketball. And then your dad, Jim Freeland, was also a great athlete. So, really, should we just, you know, honor your parents for the next five minutes? Is that what, is that what yeah, we need sure, to do? For sure, yeah. <laughs> are, you, are you the reason? Is, is what you're doing because of them right now? Exactly, yeah. Uh, just kind of been a cougar since day one because of those guys and tried to live in their footsteps a little bit. Did they? Did, you grew up a cougar. Yeah. You wanted to come here always. Mm-hmm. There's this picture of you in the uh, locker room. How old were you in this picture? In like Probably oversized. like five, six, maybe. You're, you're, in, you're in somebody's pads, yeah. obviously oversized. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They, Those pads probably don't even fit you now. Right. But, but like, <laughs> you've always wanted to be here, which is cool. So our first sort of recollection of you is 2019 Boise State. The freshman Blake Freeland's going to get thrown in there at, was it right tackle? Yeah, or right left? tackle. Brady's at left. You're at right. Mm-hmm. And BYU wins this game, and Baylor's the game. It was, it was crazy. Yeah. What do you remember about that night in your first start? Um, I remember walking through the Cougar Walk. That was my second uh, time dressing. Mm. So, <laughs> so I like went game to, seven. Yeah. I went to Florida the week before, and then Coach Mateos brought me in. He's like, hey, I think you're the best bet to start. I'm like, he's like, you ready? I'm like, yeah, I guess, uh, I guess I am. <laughs> Jeremy, I guess I'm ready. We should point out, like we we've said this before, we pointed to that Boise State win it's as a, kind of the turning point is. of BYU's program from that date to where we are now. Yes. Okay. What do you remember about that game? Because you're two and four, you're coming yeah. off a loss to USF. You're kind of scratching your head, be like, what in the world? Baylor's getting the start. Your two wins so were against third, Tennessee and USC. It's, it's third string yeah. quarterback. It's third string running back. It's yeah. Well, Second game dressing, yeah. right tackle. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, what did that win mean to the program in that moment? Everything. I think we came in with like a we got nothing to lose attitude. We just lost two games that we didn't think we should. And we had me, Baylor, Sione Finau, uh, Clark Barrington. That was the second start. And we're just like, it's Clark's second let's start just too. go for wow. it, you know? Wow. Let's wow. just go for it, yeah. That, that's the moment. It really is where this program turned. Like, yeah. and, and A-Rod becomes the primary play caller in that mm. game, and things things change. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about, um, you, you grew up, uh, it, much has been made of you played quarterback. Uh-huh. How old uh, were you when you stopped playing quarterback? Um, 17. You're, like junior year? Yeah, junior year. Okay, senior year, you start playing So senior line? year, I started playing defensive end and tight end. Mostly tight end. And tight end. Was yeah. that hard to not be the quarterback? Were you too tall at that point? Um, no, I was 6'7 since my sophomore year, so I, I started my two years at. Two years as a 6'7 quarterback. Six, this is there an been incredible a few. story. Yeah. Okay, so what? Yeah, why do you start playing those other positions, and then when does O-line come into the picture? Because obviously this is like you're calling now. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of got recruited a little bit, just talked to by other schools, BYU, Utah, and they're kind of like, Hey, we can recruit you as quarterback, but you're probably not going to play quarterback. Like, you got a big frame. Uh, we'll probably play you as a defensive lineman or offensive lineman, maybe. So I kind of went into that as my senior year, and my head coach was a really good, uh, like, really understanding. We had a young, uh, young sophomore, I think, or a junior coming in, and we're like, let's give him a chance. Let's, uh, let's give him an opportunity to play quarterback, and we'll let you play some tight end DN. And he did well, and it was good senior season. So you didn't even play O-line in high school, per se? No. Just at BYU? Just at BYU, yeah. And then, so 2019, <laughs> are you a redshirt freshman at that point? Remind us. True going, freshman. True freshman. So I was, Off a mission? No, I was 18 coming in to the Boise State game. So I was a young, youngin. <laughs> That's incredible, <laughs> wow. Blake. Yeah. So you get thrown in, and then I can't remember the Boise State DN, but he's a, he's a draft pick. Yeah, Curtis, Curtis Weaver, I remember him. Curtis Weaver is yeah. a tremendous player. Maybe Cowboys? I'm trying to remember who picked him. Anyway, so you're not just starting. You're going up against a legit dude. Yeah. Like, 
what was that experience like? And did you have a validating moment where you're like, oh, I can do this? I belong. Yeah. I mean, first snap, I'm kind of just terrified. I'm looking at him like, this guy's good. Like, just, <laughs> just knowing in my head, I'm like, just stay between him and Baylor. And, I mean, we kind of went back and forth the first series. Like, I stayed in front of him a couple times. There was a couple times where he kind of made me look stupid. I'm like, oh, man, here we go. But I remember the second drive he comes out, he's like, you're new. I've never seen you before. I'm like, I was just like trying to keep my head down. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't hear him. I Don't didn't look hear him yeah. in the eye. Yeah, he, he wanted to talk. Yeah, he wanted to talk. He's like, you're new. I've never seen you before. He's like, this must be your first game. I'm like, yeah, this is my first game. First game dressing. He's like, I, I could tell. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is not what I want to hear. But it was good. Who I, got the last laugh, Blake? We did. Yeah. We got it. Yeah, I got the dub. Didn't do too terrible, but watching, looking back on it now, I was like, man. How did I get? How did Mateos let me out there? <laughs> but but from that point, you're kind of in the lineup. Yeah. Um, and then you become the starting left tackle, right? Um, mm. After Brady, which is hey, no pressure, first team All American, third rounder, dude, right? Dude's legit. But yeah. what did you learn from Brady that you've been able to put in? Everything. Just I watched a ton of his tape. Um, like Mr. Consistency, I think that's one thing I need yeah. to yeah. need to fulfill and just sure. stay consistent like he was. Just yeah. Okay, Blake, uh, we need to get into some personalities in the offensive room, okay? So I'm, I'm just going to give you some different options. I'm going to give you a little phrase um, like uh, the loudest, most competitive. I want you to tell us who that guy is in the offensive line room, okay? Okay, so first of all, from a personality standpoint, who is the loudest offensive lineman in that group? Um, either Joe Tukuafu <laughs> or Harris Lachance. Okay. Yeah. I love it. I was anticipating Joe, but Harris uh-huh. is Harris is loud too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. Harris brings a noise okay. always. Most competitive. Um we got a pretty competitive group. I think Clark Barrington's probably mm. probably up there. At the top of the list. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Biggest jokester. Biggest jokester. Um I'll give it to Joe too, probably. Okay. Yeah. Why is and Clark, that? Clark, 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 and Joe. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. We got a we got a funny line room. You guys know how line is. Indeed. Just, just a is, bunch of goofballs. This is why I'm doing these <laughs> questions with you and nobody else because yeah. the offensive line group always has such an eclectic personality. Yes. Group. Yeah. We got a bunch of goofballs. So, uh, I'd say Clark and Joe are both hilarious, but we got a whole room full of them. Okay. Biggest trash talker. Um. Again, Joe and Clark. <laughs> Those guys. Yeah, Joe's Joe's more like, if you saw the Georgia Southern game, someone had Joe by his face mask because he was just talking, just chirping the last the last drive. But did he get hit by a burrito or was that somebody else? <laughs> I think it was Kalani. Yeah, I think it was Kalani. <laughs> Kalani himself was. I think he might have gotten hit by a burrito. By the burrito. <laughs> yeah. Because we, he said, yeah, they were throwing in burritos. In the post game, he brought it up. He's like, right. they're throwing burritos. I at just him. don't yeah. know who got thrown at. It was yeah. Kalani. Okay. Yeah, I think yeah. it was Kalani. The burrito game it was like Jack Black yeah. and Anchorman or something. Yeah. All right, last two strongest in that group. Um. I want to say Kingsley. Kingsley's okay. One of the strongest. Tyler Little, really strong kid. Irony. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. I have a yeah. feeling you might name yourself for this last one. The fastest offensive lineman. Ooh. Um. Yeah, I'd probably say me. Tyler Little's out there. Okay. Made him compete, and Kingsley's pretty quick too. He's he's out there as well. All right. There's your yeah. offensive line group. I love yeah. it. Okay. Let's talk about this group and you specifically. You're getting a lot of love. Like. First round projections. Jaron said this kind of stuff is poison. How yeah. do you see it? Because I'm sure it's validating. Like you've you changed positions. You were never an O lineman. You want to play in the NFL. So how do you how do you take that? Uh, it's kind of one of those things. It's it's cool to see. Um, it kind of like it makes you feel good, like you're saying. But I mean, nothing's been proven. I feel like 
personally, I have so much to prove. Um, and kind of where my mind is at, I'm just worried about the season and our team and getting our team together and kind of growing as a unit, both offensive line and offense and just as a as a whole team. But kind of where my mind's at, I'm just worried about the season and excited about it and trying to win as many games as we can. And then, of course, the group is being lauded as being extremely good, which we agree with. We've, we're at the front of that train uh, with your group. How do you guys handle that as a group? Because you know you're good, but how do you handle uh, that in terms of motivation and effort and whatnot going into the season, right? You're going to play some good D-lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's exciting. Like you are saying, it's exciting to see the teams we're playing against and a lot of good defensive lines. But um, that's kind of one of those things we talk about. We have one of the best schedules, I think, in BYU's had in a long time. And we got to show them we're one of the best teams BYU's had in a long time. You yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we just we all know we have stuff we need to work on. I mean, um, yeah, we all have long lists, way too long of just you know stuff we got to work on, okay. stuff we got to get better at. And I think it, we have a good accountable room that holds each other accountable, so it's a it's a good environment. I just want you to do me one favor when you play Boise State, <laughs> you see their defensive end, you look them in the eye and be like, "You're new, aren't you?" Yeah, <laughs> I, could, I could tell. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. a new guy. <laughs> That's funny. Now you've been starting, uh, you know. Uh, last year as a starting left tackle. Kingsley has mentioned he'd like to start at left tackle. Is there a battle for that spot between you two? Uh, yeah, I'd say there's a battle for every position. I mean, there's no... Good answer. Yeah, there's there's no uh, um, no one safe. You know, Coach Coach Funk kind of talked about it, and everyone, like, we got to wait till after fall camp. We're all competing for spots. We're all... He's going to play the best five, and if... Uh, if he's part of the best five, that's awesome. And I'm excited. I'm excited for everyone in the offensive line room to kind of elevate each other and uh, just bring everyone's game to the highest it can be. Is everyone cool with that? Because sometimes it can be awkward or difficult to be like, well, wait, I thought I was going to – I had certain expectations or whatever. But it feels like like Campbell Barrington very well could be one of the best backups in the country if that's the case. Mm-hmm. Braden Kime's going to be a baller. Like where does Harris Lachance fit in? Like – it's yeah, we, very exciting. Yeah, we got we got so many dudes that can play. Like we got, like I said earlier this year, like I feel like we got eight to ten dudes that could legitimately start and never miss a stride. Keanu um, Saliapaga's back and has been a starter. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. We got we got really so many good. dudes who've played so many games and uh, have proven themselves. Um, but we also have a really like uh, selfless group that's uh, willing to do whatever for the team, um, and I think that's been kind of. BYU's O-line for the last, since I've gotten here at least, because we've always had dudes get, go down and sure. dudes Be ready. take positions. And it's always been super selfless and uh, just kind of what's best for the team. That's great. Okay, so one final question for you. What do you take the most pride in? Not giving up sacks, pancaking a guy, <laughs> or springing a running back for a big, long touchdown run? Um, I'd say sacks probably. You got to keep, got to keep the kids safe. <laughs> you got to do it. Yep. There have been some cool tweets recently of like really clean pockets from the O line where uh-huh. they're showing, you know, I think against Utah. It's That's like, so beautiful. Oh, yeah, it's it's so satisfying just keeping them keeping them clean. No uh, dirt stains or grass stains on Jaron's uh, jersey. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, I didn't get any text from Mark from Mark Pope during our interview, so I I, I think you're free from <laughs> hey, that. Once you got that first round projection, that was over, man. Are you the best? <laughs> Neil Paulu left. They they said he was the best basketball player on the team. Are you the best basketball player on the team? No, probably not. Who is? Um, we got a bunch of hoopers on our team, honestly. 
Uh, Isaac Rex, I'd say, is yeah, Isaac can play. fully healthy. He's he's nice. Nice. He's got a nice shot, and I mean, dude, six, 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 six. Yeah, Let's go. yeah, yeah. He's pulling up in people's eye and dunking on people's head, so he's he's good. And then and then last one. How much weight did you gain from sort of the skinniest version of you in high school to now? Shoot, I was I started my sophomore year six seven like one. 90 maybe <laughs> I was so skinny and now so, six so I'm eight? like I'm six eight like 305 310 wow we're gonna need Jim and Debbie to find a picture of Blake when he's six seven and 190 pounds oh yeah I got some it's bad <laughs> well, like, well, like, you don't like, need to see that I'm like, yeah. I'm like were you anemic because like you're not like you fill your frame yeah. Well, yeah, so just, it's awesome. A little. That's awesome, oh. man. Hey, it's great to have you on. Congratulations yeah, on all your success uh, success up to this point. Looking forward to it's a fantastic awesome. season, man. Yeah, thank you guys. And this is yeah, not yeah, the last too. interview with you either. No, no. We're going to talk about <laughs> it. First a lot. of many. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, coming up, some BYU scheduling news just dropped. Oh, uh, yeah. How about that? A little breaking news in this two hour special. And he's probably got the best mustache in the business. Oh. We'll let him tell you about it. Aaron Roderick. The rooster? Yeah, what's his call name? Rooster? He would fly what's up going on here? I'm, I'm sure he hasn't heard that one Talking yet. Talking offense next is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station. We are live in Studio B. We have a bit of breaking news about the future of BYU football scheduling. No, it's not about the opponent in 2023 to replace Tennessee. Soon enough. But it deals with Stanford. Uh, we've learned from FB Schedules, Stanford has announced that four of their future football games against BYU have officially been canceled. This is not a shocker based on BYU going to the Big 12 and having limited number of spots for right. those non-conference Three opponents. we learned today. 2025, 2026, 2028, 2029, those games from BYU and Stanford will not be played. The Cardinal will host BYU, of course, this season on November 26th, mm-hmm. regular season finale, and then BYU will host Stanford in 2031 still. So still keeping that on there. I yeah. like that because, remember uh, – uh, you know, there was a game in 2020 that was expected to be played. And uh, <laughs> yeah. here we are finally playing this game in 22. Let's Can't go. wait for Kalani's unborn baby to be uh, nine years old when BYU plays Stanford in 2021. <laughs> nice. <laughs> wow. That's There's crazy. a nine-year-old that will play <laughs> in that game yes. for BYU. Yeah, exactly. Joining us now is BYU offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick. Aaron, I think you've gotten more love from Jerem Jordan than even the players and any of the coaches. Certainly, he's brought you up. Aaron, big, big he's fan. He's your man. number one fan. Big, big fan. That's and nice. rightly your so. Your mom and then me. It's yeah. been an incredible run over the past few years. Congratulations on that. Welcome back to the show. Thanks. It's good to be here. Uh, what what uh, quarterback agenda do you have that you want to address right off the bat, Aaron? Quarterback agenda? Uh, <laughs> or our, offensive? Our quarterback's really good. Yes, yes, he, yes, he is. is. Yeah. Was his, uh, has his season been properly lauded? I, it was no. a, It was incredible. Yeah. Like one of the all-time seasons. Captain efficiency. Yeah, and to win, to beat six power five opponents, I think that doesn't get talked about enough because – it's like something you can't really compare to previous eras. You know, um, there's been a bunch of great things that have happened at quarterback position here in the past, and some of them will probably never be replicated. Yeah. I mean, video game stats. But uh, to beat six Power 5 teams and good ones at that, I mean, good defenses, and 
and then and then that's just to do it a variety of different ways. You know, if if you need him to throw for 350 yards, he can do that. Yeah. If you need him to rush for 150 yards, he can do that. If you need him to, you know, eat the clock and grind out a close game and just find a way to get one more point than the other team, no ego at all. He'll he'll go, figure he'll go, it out. He'll go do that for you. Yep. And uh, he's just a really unique player. Meanwhile, he's. More it, hurt than anyone he's, really he's knew. Injured in most of at these the beginning games. Of the, year, the fact that that happens too, like just unbelievable. Arizona gets banged up. He's playing Utah hurt. He's playing Arizona State yeah. hurt. Obviously, yeah. He um, he showed a lot of toughness and uh, durability. I mean, he, you know, those runs, <laughs> those runs in the Utah game and the Arizona State game, those are gutsy, physical plays where he was. Mm. He 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 showed a lot of leadership and and. Uh, took some tough hits, and I was really proud of him. What's the best part about having your number one quarterback in place with no pending controversy about who the guy is going to be? From your standpoint and your position, what's the best part about that? Uh, there's a couple things. The first one is just leadership. You know, he's clearly the leader of our offense. The guys respect him. They listen to him. He, he's he's uh, Jaron's really good at speaking in front of a group of people. I mean, he uh, last year when we beat Utah – he spoke to the team after the game, gave Kalani the game ball. It was impressive. I mean, just the way he commanded everyone's attention in that kind of uh, hoopla and, and excitement. You know, the team got quiet and listened to Jaron talk. It was cool. Um, he, he has that, you know, and it's, so it's good to just allow him to be the team leader um, or be a team leader, I should say. Um, and then the other thing is just planning our practices. You know, we've already we're already planning our fall camp practices and knowing exactly who the guy is and how many reps he's going to get and which plays we're going to practice when he's in there versus which plays we might do when Conover's in there. We're already mapping all that out, making sure everything gets covered. Um, you know, that's, that's a big deal. It's, it's nice to, you know, not be sorting that out as you go along because, uh, oh, this guy played better than that guy yesterday, so today we got to give him these reps. We already know what we're doing. That's nice. And then the other thing, though, that's really big is just um, – the continuity you get of repetition, knowing he's the guy and he's getting these throws in right now with Gunner, with Puka, with Keanu, with Cody, you know, with our tight ends. <clears throat> Where a year ago, our passing game didn't really hit stride until about game five or six, mm -hmm. I would say. And a big part of that was uh, just, you know, Jaron competing to be the starter and the reps being mixed with Baylor. And then um, the other thing was Puka and Samson missed all of fall camp pretty much. And so, like, Samson scored a touchdown in the Utah game, but he barely practiced. I mean, he, he only knew some of the plays. <laughs> that just happened to be one of the plays he knew, and he was really good at running that route. And so yeah. Fessy put him in the game to run that route on mm -hmm. that touchdown play. But he wasn't playing the whole offense yet. He didn't know it. Wow. And same with Puka. And so it was about mid-season when those guys finally knew the whole thing, as well as Neil and Gunner. And then that's when our passing game sort of took off. Hmm. And so this year I expect that to be, you know, operating at a higher level from day one because yes. we've had a full year, year and a half to build up those reps with those guys. Okay, when the season ends, can we just sit down and you're like, hey, what you didn't know is Samson <laughs> didn't know this, Jaron yeah. was hurt, da-da-da. <laughs> That'd be fun. That'd be a fun combo. Yeah, I mean, there's ends. there's fun stories like that in every game. Just things that, you know. But that's true. In in those early games, uh, Utah, Arizona State. I mean, Puka and Samson were like, they knew. I don't know what percentage, 
But Fessy did a great job of spotting them in there. Mm. There was a lot of times where it was like, go in the game and run this route, you know, and <laughs> come back out and we'll send you back in. Wow. Very play. specialized. Yeah, like, there, there, was, there was some of that early in the season last year. That's crazy. Yeah. The tell-all with Aaron Roderick on yeah. BYU Sports December Nation. 2nd uh, on BYU <laughs> TV. Um, okay, with Jaron. In the in the eighties when in whatnot, when BYU had successful quarterbacks, the, that QB was an upperclassman typically. Jaron had to wait his turn here. Injury, Zach's success, and so on. How did that prepare him in a way that maybe he would not have been prepared had he needed to play more regularly earlier? Because twenty nineteen he plays a couple games, but he doesn't it's twenty twenty, he doesn't even dress for yeah. the games. It's a different experience. Yeah, it's a great point. I, I think his time in the program of just Learning how we operate, learning what we do, learning the offense. Um, even though he missed that one season, he, he had still gotten quite a few reps in his practice time and in a, yeah. in a, in a few games. And uh, But I think being in the program that long and then watching the year that Zach had the year before, I think that was valuable for him. Uh, all that stuff combined and then just his own personal qualities. He's got He's got great athletic ability. He's got great individual qualities for a quarterback um all that stuff just was like the perfect combination for him to you know be ready to have success right away and um he's a he's a really good leader now we know clearly who qb1 is and you have said earlier today that rb1 is christopher brooks the transfer from cal and he's running behind one of the most talented offensive lines that we can recall from recent memory um I know you don't want them to buy into that just yet. You want them to go yeah. out and say, you know, live up to that hype. But what can you tell us about your expectations for Christopher Brooks behind this BYU offensive line? Well, I, I mean, I think our offensive line is really good. So I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to act like they're not good. Um, you know, it's it's something you got to prove every week. But I think we have eight, seven or eight guys who have started games against Power 5 teams. Um you know, you add Kingsley to the mix. That's he's a very, very good player. Does that include Keanu Sellipak coming back? Um, it Keanu, I think, would be the eighth in that group. I can't, I can't gotcha. remember the exact number. I might be off by one, but it's I, so I think many. It's, I know it's, it's hard a, to know. I know it's at least seven. That's amazing. And um, so I expect I expect our offensive line to be very good, and I expect that if we have an injury, that the next man up, there should be no drop off. Sure. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if we rotate a little bit in games, which a lot of line coaches don't like to rotate because of the continuity of those guys working together. But there's a good chance we'll do that um, some because just the fact that these guys have played a lot and they're experienced. Sure. No, Chris Brooks is running behind that line. What? Uh, yeah, and what what's his specialty? Have you seen him? <laughs> I have seen him. He's jacked. <laughs> that would qualify as a specialty. You can't look better than him, right? <laughs> like, he should be the first guy to get off the bus everywhere we go. Shirtless. Um, Every no, time. I just, you know, he's, he's a big, fast guy. He's, he's, he is uh, really well put together. He was a durable player at Cal. I hope I didn't just jinx him. But um, he, he, in my opinion, he was the best player Cal had on offense. Mm. And um, he's a very good receiver. And he's a physical, slashing type mm. of running back. He'll run through arm tackles, and safeties are going to have to make a decision if they want to take him on or not because okay. he's six foot, 235 pounds, and he's going to be um, – I think he's going to be a lot to deal with. Okay. And real quick, Wake and Hamuli as fullbacks. Yeah. Does that change how you call a game? 
Yeah, um, well, what it does is it just gives us some really fun uh, possibilities with personnel groups. You know, you consider, you know, Isaac and Dallin and Puka, Samson and Keanu, who are all big, and then we have these big tight ends, and then we have Mason and, and Houston, and then we have a, a deep running back group, and then you got a guy like Peeney, who uh, I think Peeney gets sort of underappreciated because, you know, he, he doesn't carry the ball 25 times a game, but he plays tailback. Then he lines up at the wing and runs a jet sweep and scores a touchdown. Super then, versatile. Then yep. he comes in the game and lines up at fullback and runs a route and catches a pass and scores another touchdown. And then the guy lines up at receiver. You might not even notice sometimes he comes in the game, shifts out and plays receiver and runs a good route. He's an excellent blocker. He's, he's just a really unique player. And so he gets his snaps in unique ways. And we, what we'd like to do is create lots of funky personnel groups that force the defense to decide how they want to match up and what kind of personnel they want to put on the field. I love it. We call that a dynamic playbook. And it's, it's being, been it's pretty being dynamic already. Up. Jeez. Aaron, great to have you. Um, enjoy vacation time before we come back to fall camp. We're looking forward to an amazing 2022 season. Thanks. It's great to be here. Can't wait. Let's, Let's go. go. That mustache is amazing, too. Go Top Gun. <laughs> Good job, Rooster. Okay, coming up, uh, we put a bow on today's media day. Uh, yeah, and it's been a fantastic two hours. Aaron's trying to get out of here to go on yeah, vacation. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he's got things, he's got got things big, to do. He's got a place to be. <laughs> this is BYU Sports Station. Stay with us. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Eyes and shout-outs presented by Mountain America, the credit union guiding you forward. How about to all of today's guests? Oh, what a show. What a fun time talking to everybody. Getting stoked for what's going to be an awesome 2022. We learned so much. If you missed any of it, you can go back and watch it on demand. For Jeremiah, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Steve Young coming up next on BYU Radio, a two-hour media day special behind the mic with Greg Rubel and on the BYU TV app. Web chats continue with our homie Jason Shepard. There he is. Go Cougs! Beat the Utes again.